Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to Facebook.com slash NewHavenIndependent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can hit see first to see and hear all the great programs we have here on WNHH. We are also streaming live on Greenhaven Media and ProCannabisMedia.com. Okay, it is Monday, November 28th. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I'm your host, Joe Lachance, and I am joined here by my co-host, the illustrious Uncle Lou, Hemp Farmer Lou. How are you today? Sounds like you're muted, Lou. Unmute. All right. Sorry about that. Just getting in. I'm rolling a blunt. So, you know, my hands were a little busy there. That's all right, man. That's all right. <laughs> How's it going? Good, brother. Good, man. Very, very good. Great day today. How was uh, your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was well, you know, all the standard smokeabouts and lots of things to be thankful for. But at the same time, I spent the day uh, sitting in the office. I spent a little time with family. I'm divorced from my ex-wife, had the kids this time, got to see my kids, had them for a the little bit of the weekend and, you know, just take the time and make the time as we can. But it was one of those uh, family celebrations. She went down to uh, New York. So it just separated it a little bit. Um, got to spend some stops with some friends and family. Got to see our my good friend, Mike, our good friend, Michael, you know, uh, uh, Doc side there. He used to be a processor, works for us in the lab. Does I went up and saw oh, yeah. him before the thing, and you know, kind of did that. Good friend Jason, I got to spend the, got to hear the history of Thanksgiving from a Pequot member. Oh, so that must have been interesting. Oh man, I learned that the history of Thanksgiving itself was mostly a celebration of the defeat of the Pequot people. Right. Right. So, and that makes it, it's something relevant, at least for us up here, because the Massahasset, you know, all the other great, amazing uh, tribes that are recognized, federally recognized here in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. And, you know, this is literally directly related to a lot of those people's ancestors, you know? So, Oh, I can tell uh, you right now, it's related to my ancestry. My uh, yeah, my relatives came over on the Mayflower. See? Oh, there yeah, you go. John Alden. Oh, you were on the other side of it. 
I was related to John Alden. And I'll tell you, when I was a kid growing up, my grandpa used to try to, you know, make us all proud of the fact that, oh, you guys are, you know, you're descended from Mayflower people. And like you say, the more I learned about it, it was like, well, I don't know if I, I'm so proud of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know see, maybe grandpa woke, wasn't yeah. right. <laughs> yes, yeah, he Joe's woke about it at least. He, he's like, ooh, man, our grandparents <laughs> didn't get a, our great grandparents didn't get along. Oh, it was but, uh, great, you know. great, you know, way back. But yeah, you're right. It was, it's interesting. Um, you know, I come from a varied background of, you know, one were the settlers and then everyone else were immigrants. But, uh, yeah, so that's one thing about my family history that I don't tell too many people, but I figure, what the hell, I'll come clean. <laughs> yeah, it's not a horrible, Joe, it's not about, the history isn't the horrible part of it, it's just that acknowledging and understanding that there was a part of history, so you can't hold, um, you can hold people accountable for what they do and how they do things, you're, you're one of the biggest allies, quote unquote, that we could really imagine, Joe. In so many different ways, you fought the fort, you bat the battle, you sat in jail. Yeah, it's it's you know? one of the reasons I'm like that. I think you know what I mean. I want to be, you know, I don't see any difference between people. So yeah, we we're do. all and in the same boat. Yeah. We're all in the we're same the freaking same. boat. It's, I see here. it. It's all freaking. of us. What Dave right. Chappelle? Every... I joke about it all the time. James Chappelle said it in one of his specials. I want to tell you a secret about uh, rich white people. They don't care about us. Because rich black people don't care about us. Because rich Latino people don't care about us. And the rich Asian people don't care about us equally. They all equally don't care about us. They're worried about themselves up top. We are the ones that continue to do a lot of this stuff to ourselves as well. So now when yes. they really don't care about us, they really don't care about us. No, they really, really, really don't. They don't. They're care like, you guys are way too poor to even warrant and care about. from us yeah 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 no we just want to track trace and database everything you do but anyway exactly um, yeah. <laughs> they treat us like we're lab rats to the rich and the famous right yeah they're the just another number yeah but exactly that's, that's uh that's another contribution. That's all that conspiracy theory that we go through all the time, you know? Yeah, I'm seeing it's not really conspiracy anymore. No, not at all, bro. <laughs> <Not at> all. <laughs> but anyway, my Thanksgiving was good. It happened to be my birthday on the same day. That's I right. don't really publicize that, but it was my birthday on Thanksgiving Day. It's an event That's that right. happens every seven years. And I usually really enjoy my Thanksgiving birthdays because I get together with a lot of family and I celebrated with my family that is down here in Puerto Rico. And it was very, very nice. And uh, I smoked uh, probably more weed in that one day than I smoke in a week. It nice, was, people were just getting me high all day. Just I was nonstop. Even during dinner, a, a joint came by while we're all eating. It's like, wow, so, <laughs> people don't stop. And it's like, good, good. I liked it. It was really, really good day for me. I really enjoyed Thanksgiving this year. That was awesome, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Even we need continued ancestors. celebrations of life. See, I don't even think of it about that whole pilgrims and turkey anymore. I, I don't even consider that part of the holiday. It's more about a day where you're grateful and you're thankful for what that's you right. have in life and the people that you have in life. And that's why it's Thanksgiving, not anything to do with the other stuff. I really have discounted that in my life. Um, yeah, 
I think that's the biggest part of it, you know, but schools start to still teach that more than anything. That's the crazy part, you know? Yeah, but the truth is out there. Do you know what I mean? Just like what happened with Christopher Columbus, just like Christopher Columbus, he's no longer a hero because the truth has come out about him. And and it's going to be the same thing with the pilgrims. Um, It'll all be, you know. The, at least the truth comes out. It's not about what our ideals are. Them, some people love it, some people hate it. As long as the truth is out there, um, but we still see the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving specials. You know, oh, yeah, of course, that of idea course. of things, and I love all that stuff too. So a lot of that nostalgia is still a big part of it. Um, and it's you know, good. Yeah, it's good that those things have lasted throughout the years because it seems like they're changing everything else. You know, all these new remakes and new versions and new that. And we're talking just... about not we're not talking about the 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 uh, holiday itself. We're talking about those those actual Christmas Specials. specials TV yeah. shows. And yeah, yeah so I don't, somebody yeah, I don't even like, oh, watch you know, anybody. We're just talking about the, the, yeah, we're talking about the Christmas shows, the movies, the because there's yeah. so many new ones that people are loving and everything. But the holiday season, no matter what you whatever, whatever you celebrate is now heavily entertained, made into entertainment, I guess. You know what I yeah, mean? Netflix and- has all their own shows. Uh, Amazon has their own shows, TV shows. People are doing podcasts that are specifically to it. Radio shows are being specifically done to it. You know, whole radio stations change their platform for this time. Oh, yeah. Year. You should see down here in Puerto Rico, dude. I listen to the stations here, the Spanish stations. Oh, yeah. The, the day of crazy. Thanksgiving, man. The day. They all switched over to Christmas. Everything so, is Navidad. Navidad right now. Navidad todo. <laughs> but so here's, here's that awesome thing. And we can Google this. And it's not just my personal opinion because I am. Puerto Ricanio, but the <laughs> um, Puerto Ricans celebrate the longest holiday season than yep. any other uh, culture. And it goes to Three Kings Day. Yeah. Yep, we go all the way to Three Kings Day, where where it's. I think it turns out to be like forty something days, forty six days yeah. of holiday spirit. Because <clears throat> we do go all the way to Three Kings Days. It's great. Uh, I love it. You know, so it, it right into New yeah, Year's yeah. and keeps going. It's not like in America where New Year's hits and everybody's hungover or whatever they are or waking up late. And, you know, That's they're it. like, oh, holidays are over. We we get six more days right on top of that. Let's go. It's true. And I love it down here, dude. I, they're all festive already. You can tell the holiday spirit is already in the air. I love it. I love it. And I love and, the fact that it does stretch to three kings. Why not? And you know what? In the island. It is super festive surprise. That's what we're colonial country. So we, we ended up having a lot of those adaptations from Spain into the Americas. Mm -hmm. So it being, uh, you know, there's a lot of spirit. We do everything with passion and with flavor. And so, you know, we do the holidays pretty big. That's what I love about this place. Yeah, so <laughs> got to get you down here. We got Duncan oh, coming on in a second. Got a lot of things going, and hopefully things continue to to push forward. You know, I know that you face it, I face it, our listeners face it. Literally, everybody who can imagine. This is why a lot of us smoke weed. A lot of times, we are suffering and doing things in silence without everybody else knowing. And you know, yeah. the opinions can be one thing, and then they go, "Wow, that guy really." You know, or that woman does a ton of things. So, big shout out to like Avery and the crew that goes out without any words and they feed the homeless on cold nights. I see posts here and there still about it. So big shout out to the, that crew doing all of that. The uh, social justice warriors that are pushing the electricity 
hike yeah. bill in the state. Yeah. These are yeah. different activists, but at the same time, still activists doing things, trying to fight the electric mm-hmm. company right now. And that's a huge thing. The prices of electricity are sky high. And um, that's big for at least indoor cultivators. Anybody who grows a plant inside doesn't processing your bills are getting higher. And, you know, there's a whole group of activists out there fighting for those electrical e-com, um, you know, regulations and changes so that they that the so that our electric companies can't continue to raise those rates all the way up as they do, you know. Right on. Hey, we have the same problem down here. You know, we have an electrical problem. Oh, man, you guys have a huge electrical problem. And that kind of goes both ways. And we see it up here in Connecticut. And then those same type of companies like um, like Loomis is, is a supplies Connecticut at points, you know, like you can buy yeah. Loomis electricity in Connecticut. And Jeez. that's all the same <laughs> problems. It is. It is. And, it, and in the end, they get it all from the same place. But Real quick, before we bring Duncan on, there are a couple of events I wanted to highlight. Um, one is coming on December the 1st. It is Elevate Northeast First Annual Social Equity Pitch Competition and Live Voting Award Ceremony. Yep. That's going to be at the DCU. So if you're a small business social equity applicant, they are giving away um, a scholarship uh, for they've raised over $200,000 for which multiple winners will receive five yeah. figure grants, no strings attached with a live award ceremony. So you can contact Elevate Northeast about that event. That is December the 1st. It starts at six o'clock. That's up at the DCU Center. And then a little interesting event I found on this Saturday, the 3rd is called the Stoners Holiday Market. Starts at six o'clock and that's at the Charter Oak Ballroom. It's a good place to get like stoner gifts and things like that. Uh, So that should be interesting. You can find info about both those events on Facebook. And um, with that, Lou, do you know of any events coming up? Uh, It's the holiday season. There's a ton of things going on in New York. Uh, The Gene Traders and Gene Traders and GT Selects is happening in Manhattan, Queens, and Michigan coming up. So shout out to our friend Lou, who's handling that, and then the community bonfire as normal. But my my thing that I'd like to point out is about the Elevate pitch. You know what I mean? This is where small businesses, you don't necessarily have to be licensed or anything else that can start pitching things to these type of competitions and our good friend Keeper's a judge in it actually as well. You know, they hold this competition every year. They've done it for a couple of years. Massachusetts has found ways to f- do some self-funding through organizations and backing and pitch contests like this through ancillary groups. So that's huge. Um, and I look forward to watching that expand, you know. So they've had yeah. a couple of years on us. And Connecticut will be the same way. New York is looking to be the same way, using ancillary groups to do funding for small startups that are looking to do things like that. I think it's a great idea. I love those girls up there. As you know, I got a history with them, with Beth the great and Kara and Laura. Yep. There's a great women. They're doing their thing. Powerful, smart, ambitious, successful women who are really crushing it in the cannabis space, as well as giving back a lot for individuals and raising a ton of money and making sure that you know, there's still a focus on education and entrepreneurship and actually becoming a full-fledged business and not staying in the dark and actually moving forward in so many different parts and finding jobs in the industry, creating jobs in the industry, you know? So, yep, very good. Shout out to them. All right. 
So right now on the line with us, we have Mr. Duncan Shaw. And Duncan is the owner and president CEO of Better Ways, which is located on Main Street in Brantford. He's a health, it's a health and wellness store that focuses on nootropics, which are things for balancing the mind, gut health, and balancing the endocannabinoid system as with high quality hemp and CBD products from Connecticut and nationwide. Better Ways was founded in April of 19 and is currently owned and operated by Duncan, who is on the air with us, a Brantford native with a sole focus on detailed, educational, and high-quality, affordable products from the U.S. only to provide a true cannabis therapeutics experience. Duncan, how are you today, my friend? Good afternoon, Happy holidays, everyone. Happy Good holidays. to see you. Good so to Duncan's see you. got a great shop. Um, I've been down there a couple of times. It's right on Main Street. You literally, if you're on the green, if you see the green from your from your window, if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah. Literally, you just, oh, literally. Yep. You can see it from, from the front window. You just look up the street. It's right there. Um, you know, it was it, I, I like the nostalgia uh, comment you guys made earlier. Because we just had our tree lighting ceremony the other evening. There was a big parade. Everybody had floats um, and everyone got to gather on the green. You know, Santa was there. The tree got lit. We didn't really get to do that last year. And so, you know, there are, you know, there's sort of those traditions that bring you back to your childhood or, you know, as an adult now you see it in, you know, in, in, in the kids and their families and stuff. And it's just like such a beautiful Beautiful time of year for everyone to just be nostalgic and 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 have the holiday chair. It I brings that a, smile back on. Yeah, I think it's important time for not only Americans but people all over the world just to take some time to celebrate family, to celebrate things. You know, it, it's been very consumer driven, but I think a lot of people are getting tired of that and they're kind of wanting to go back to you know, the holiday season being a time for family. And like I said before, gratitude. And, you know, it's it's a good thing to have because let's be real, we are living in troubled times. It's, it, people need a break. You know, people need a break from that. And, and it's yeah, sometimes it's better know, to focus on the holidays. You know, I yeah. think sometimes that conversation comes around and whatever, what do we just all go through? It may not you know, for some more detrimental to the others, but you know, the COVID, the shutdown, that whole pandemic time, call that a reset. It was a hard reset for two, almost mm. three years where Duncan, you started the business during that time. You had to get through that whole portion of it. You know, like you said, you didn't have that last year. Hopefully this opened up, you know, some more traffic and people were like, Hey, what's this shop that's there? Because like you said, you were involved and that's part of being right on, you know, main street. You're on Main Street. You know, you are, call it the quintessential Main Street USA, you know? It's, yeah, that brand for Main they shoot, Street. They shoot Hallmark movies in our town. It's a little exactly. surreal. Exactly. <laughs> a little it surreal is. at times. But you know, no, yeah, it's true. You're right, you're right. And, and, and like extrapolating away from the consumerism of this time of year, it's just people now want to just have, genuine experiences that bring them joy that remind them of the holidays that bring their friends and family together like yeah it was it was a hard reset and you know thankfully and you know in the beginning because we opened t- april 2019 uh paul and i 
Um, but then COVID hit 10 months later, we're like, well, this is interesting. Like no one, no one could have prepared anybody for this. And as a retail store, as well as like working with different people in the community and different vendors, like, you know, supply chains became scarce, uh, contact with your consumers had to shift more delivery, um, you know, appropriate or free shipping or this or that and try and like help people understand, like, we're still here for you, but everybody has to be safe during this time. Yeah. So that, you know, it was, it's, it's been a wild ride. And now at the end of it, now we're entering this unique time of uh, post-legalization, pre-licensing, pre-sales. And that's another tumultuous time right now for the state. Um, yeah, has and- that affected the CBD business at all, the, uh, the legalization of cannabis? It's, it's been a pretty sharp learning curve for sure. Um, you know, at this point, I would say the majority of my conversations with people walking in are, no, I'm sorry, I can't sell you higher THC products, um, than what I'm, you know, what I'm allowed to with the state. So, you know, thankfully there's a little bit of wiggle room now with that, uh, the ratioed products, there's that dry weight ratio that, that we can work with. Um, again, always comes down to education, helping people understand like canvas is very individualized. There are these newer products available between higher THC and, and standard, you know, full spectrum CBD products and things of that nature. And just making sure people are getting meds that work and that the, uh, again, the supply chain, the sourcing, how the flowers grown, how it's cured, the people handling it, like everything has to be on point. It really right. does. This is, this is meds for the community. And, and that's, and um, at better ways, at better ways, you're part of the community and they can come in and check out what you need, get educated, have the conversations, pick up the things that you're able to provide. I know that you have a mix of products that you're not just a CBD store or a cannabis store. You are a whole wellness store where you focus on actually different paths to wellness, if I'm not wrong, integrating everything together. So it's, it's sort of like a trifecta between nootropics for cognitive support, gut health, which is arguably your second brain, you know, it has has a whole whole microcosm of stuff. There's billions billions of living things in your stomach to help you process your food and beverages and how it interacts with different bacteria and yeast and, you know, proteins and all this stuff. So, and I've actually, interestingly enough, so we started 2019 last year, I had um, a fun little surgical complication and 18 inches of my small intestine had to be removed. So I've had to completely relearn my stomach what what is appropriate for it yep. now you know i love spicy food some Not of it I can't, some of it i can't do anymore you know it's the heartbreak but you know i'm you know at least i can still eat food so yeah. you know and and all again moments moments of real gratitude of like you what, know what what life is really all about you know it's our health after it, that did you, did you have an ostomy bag no it never it never got to that point i oh. uh so I had, I've had with all the open heart surgeries I've had, yep. my abdominal wall was kind of, um, the, the muscles were kind of coming apart yep. um, higher on my chest and then near my belly button. So hernias had formed 
and they decided to do a little plastic mesh, much like how concrete yep. binds to rebar. Um, but unfortunately, when they had to shift my small intestine around, it attached to the bottom of the graft oh. as well. And oh. so that was a ticking time bomb. So that's that was uh, that didn't help your gut. That didn't help anything at all. Oh, well, man. I had a I had a bowel obstruction and needed emergency surgery. Oh, my and God that section out and then reattach it so that was Ugh. that was a fun that was a fun little circus within itself but you know the going back and to we the love how you keep it upbeat and that's one of the biggest parts of it you know you what's what's the alternative what's what's the other option right yeah it, it was emergency you had to do it you had to get right. it done now in the in the mind in the mindset, Lou, you know, like where I wallow in it, or do I just keep on moving? You know, yeah. I mean, Lou, you know, you've had digestive issues too. I've had digestive issues. It's like you got to keep moving. You got to keep it moving, just because things happen. to you. And one of the good things is we do have stores like you guys that actually do focus on these type of areas. Because if you just walk into a GNC. Or vitamin world. They're or not going to break down the endocannabinoid system. They're going to be like, oh, well, this helps with this. And these, this celebrity posted it. And here's our discount. And like, you know, and then, and then, and then that's the third part is the endocannabinoid system education right. and understanding full spectrum, broad spectrum, isolate um, concepts, designer um, cannabis, you know, is this for sleep? Is this for energy? Is this for this or that? You know, every ultimately it's it's how the 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 patient is supported and making sure the product works and that they can afford it. And that, you know, right. that kind of that kind of trickles into, you know, the all the all the activism and the conversations that need to be had. Like, I think it's nonsense that we can't grow outside. Massachusetts can 12, 12 plants a household as long as you can't see it from the road. Right. So well, this, that's this something... interesting hike in electric rates into the colder months in tandem with home grow that's only allowed indoors. Like this is like enough, like enough's enough. Like we can, like, if we all just, you want to, you want to talk about all the money you can make from the cannabis, you know, industry at the state level, how it all interwinds, then, you know, like our friend, Mike D'Agostino, like, you know, you said to us on the Capitol lawn, there will be a place for us at the table to tease all of this apart and to craft legislation that looks forward in a proactive manner for all to be included. So that's a part of that. You know, this is, uh, you know, it, but it takes an arm, right? This isn't yeah. just the sole force to do it alone. Um, it really does take an army and I'm, I'm grateful that there, that we do have, you know, some teamwork in the community, um, um, yeah. in our, in our, in our different, you know, uh, supporting, uh, capacities. Right. And I think, you know, going into 2023, it's important that you guys set down your agenda. Like, what are you going to go after this legislative session? I mean, all of it, like you just, well, you, you, you talk, you have to continue to talk. It, the plant touches all aspects of life. All right. People. That's well, the, that's the constant reminder, safe, clean meds, no, like the allowances for remediation or the fact okay, that. Okay. Let's that talk we, about that. 
Yeah. So, okay. So we call out the fact that there's, you know, unsafe levels of mold and bacteria in a program. Right. Mm -hmm. And then remediation is allowed to soak flour and ozone or irradiate it. Like you kill the terps, you allow all sorts of stuff to be left behind from the PM, the bacteria, the, you know, the mold, like it's still there. If it's regardless of it's inert or not, it just shouldn't be there. Just grow your meds better. Okay. So first thing is you want to go after the state to limit or er eliminate remediation. Now it's that's not, going to be a tough sell. It's not just the state. It's continuing to educate those in power who craft the law and the community. Everyone. Right. It's, it's but who makes the laws? Education. Who makes the laws that the... That's See, the I, cultivators. A, the legislator. so here, this is where I come into this. Right. I'm all with you. Just do the right thing and get a piece of paper that says what you want. So this is how it all. This is where right. I, this hey, is where I'm saying this is right. Yeah, this yeah, is where yeah, I'm yeah. going with it. Nobody's you got to have targeted right now. goals. The method at right. which you're doing it, because I'm nowhere near an activist right now at all. I don't even want to be. I've told everybody completely I'm in recreational cannabis. Um, So we handle that. And I'm not in to make laws anymore. Now, I have to play my part. Um, I'd love to support everybody in the way that it is. And this is step one. You have valid points. How do you get listened to? You write right. them down. Yep. All right. Then the next thing you do is you don't, because this is what we did in the past. We were all part of it. We lost. And that's where we're at right now. But this is where if you want... Outdoor, we all want outdoor growth. Believe lost, me, I still lost, do it. Completely. Lost how? And and what what are you referring to and how we lost? We didn't get home growth. We didn't get outdoor. We didn't get anything that we wanted when we with the laws, the law that came yeah, into place. Yeah, a lot of the stuff, Duncan, we had to compromise on. Oh, we, absolutely. Like, including like we, including we had uh, to compromise on that. Absolutely. Including in wait, wait, and we didn't even compromise. Like, Our entire bill got chopped down. Right. Well, they use part of it, but yeah, we had to compromise on the home grow. Credit that they deserve. I mean, they and, we can't, and we can't look. We can't look a gift horse in the mouth like New Jersey didn't get home grow at all. Right. There's a lot of states that don't have home grow. Right. You don't so, have it here in Puerto but Rico. Every, but that's what I'm saying is like, so you have you have sort of this like framework and structure of ideals that it's not just at the state level or the national level. It's just what the community and industry is is represented. By. Like yeah, all I'm that. saying is for this session, and this is how we did it. I'm just giving advice just put the right, to so all the like activists. The one to two things to focus on would be. Are are not even, just put the bill together, put everything in it. Right. What are like your goals? I would say. One would be, like you say, outdoor home grow. Two would be remediation, either eliminate it or make them label the remediated prod products. Because Put it all in that. Right. But right Put it in there. Right. Whatever you want for medical, make a list. This is what we want. And then whatever you want for rec. So I would say get rid of the lottery or make the lottery only one entry per person. It's That's one thing that needs to be yeah. changed. Right. You there's, know, there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot to it. There is a lot to it. But and you're right. Per session, keeping it simple and focusing on a few core things to continue. Right now, this safety and meds, home grow, more testing facilities around the state. Yeah. Okay. Oh there, you there you go. There you go. We gotta have it with Rex. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, All of it. The the solution for the testing. 
Really yep. easy. Uh, Testing. Towns, municipalities working with uh, event coordinators for permitted ca uh, cannabis community events. You know, I heard some some events just got recently permitted as well. Yeah. Um, you and know, that, you, once again, again community like, levels. Why, like, that, like, why shouldn't there be a, a farmer's market or a, well, a, who's a, well, Durham, a Durham fair? Whose job is it? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Whose yeah. job is it to put on a farmer's market? The it's, community. Right. Huh? The town. The community it's and the not. town and the farmer. It's so it's town farmers markets are not run by the town. They're licensed to operate in the town, but they're usually through some type of community farm alliance or something like, like that. Profit. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so you got to go to those people would be as well. So now it's an organization like the certain towns that are doing that now. Kudos to those towns. Right. But they have an organization talking to the town taking the liability taking the responsibility of it so now it's not on the town the town's not going to go out and say because they really realistically don't have to because it's not in any of their budgets until somebody writes a proposed bill and makes it part of their budget and that's and that's the activism part that right that's but you have to tell them you see these people are dumb these people who run the state are dumb you yeah. have to spell it out for them. You have to tell them exactly what you want and not only exactly what you want, but the path to get there. This is how you get it done because on their own, we see what they do. They screw it up. And 90% of the time, they don't listen to us. Mm -hmm. But if you say it a thousand times, they start to hear it. And saying it a thousand mm -hmm. times with a piece of paper that says, we have a bill. You don't have to do any work. The bill's what already co-signed. What um what are some of the other things that you you two feel should be focused on in this in this legislation? You know, the the SHIFT Act is a very interesting concept. I think that furthers the support of the local home grower, local testing facilities, you know, being able to um send cool whatever laws want to come through. If people can get them through, get them through. Yeah, we know what the problems right, we're, are. We we're we saw. Very, I've been very on the record. I'm a very single policy voter. Just make it free and do what you do. I still grow my own weed. I still do the whole nine. I've jumped through every one of the hoops. I'm still jumping through hoops True. with no certainties of anything. Like I'm doing the things that I have to where I have to and doing other things where, you know, so it leaves life in a place where it's, what do you do? So it's a what's constant my roller coaster. Grow weed. And I think everybody should grow weed outdoors too. I love sun grown weed. I Me don't too. buy that Me stuff too. at yeah. all. There's, there's <laughs> just a different, there's a different feel for it for sure. Absolutely. Now, well, you're asking what I think should be changed. One is the lottery. Two yeah, yeah. is okay. you have to put more accountability Here, on the social equity Here's some console. facts about the lottery. And I'm big against the lottery. I didn't put one lottery ticket in. I did not put one ticket in. I didn't right? But I'm going to now spread some super easy information that's public knowledge. The average spend for the retail dispensary was $250,000 on licensing, on lottery tickets. Wow. On every other license, nobody put in more than like five applications. Right completely disproportionate on the adult use side and the micro cultivator side but the other four licenses 
almost nobody put more than five tickets in and they were the cheapest ones at 250 a piece almost and nobody spent more than fifteen hundred dollars on their license and this is the tough part because the disparity in what the licenses the adult use license adult use dispensaries recreational adult use not recreational was a 250,000 spend. It was a thousand tickets a piece. But on delivery, the people who won delivery put in maybe three tickets a piece. The packaging people who now everybody has to use, that's probably one of the biggest licensing. The two people that won it put one ticket in a piece. Like all these ancillaries that people put out, they, they were scared they wouldn't have enough people to actually apply it. Like that was the thing that blew my mind. I, I, I were listening in and they said it publicly at every one of these meetings. They said it in, in newspaper articles because that's what they had to do. They didn't need to go to social media, but things were so crazy that I was like, wow, delivery, packaging, food and beverage manufacturing. What do you, the people that was crazy. What do you, what do you feel about, uh, a good chunk of these licensing going to <clears throat> that was going to be my next point. The good, like a good chunk of the licensing going to uh, people who don't live in Connecticut businesses that aren't even operating in Connecticut. Like why should, here's somebody, my opinion. Why should somebody get a, a like Connecticut cannabis licensing should have gone to Connecticut residents. Agreed. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They did go to Connecticut license to Connecticut addresses. Every one of those social equity applicants is a Connecticut resident. Those addresses, and this is where everybody can fight back and forth because, hey, I'm hoping to be one of those people. Because every one of those licenses changed one person's life, bare minimum, plus their communities around them. Right. They took a partnership to pay for these licenses. No one advocated, not one advocate was okay with the way the slicing, licensing structure came out. That's where we lost. That I is agree, where I we agree. lost. And, that, and that's, that's sort of what I'm mm -hmm. talking to you about. Like, it's, it's well, just, that's what I was going to say. Like, you have to. Like the, the, the internal resources that could have easily been provided to people. I don't know. I just it just it just seems you. OK, you have to. First of all, the Social Equity Council needs to either be eliminated or you have to put their feet to the fire. Because... I mean, the fact, that, the fact that there had to be lawsuits in the application process. Right. Alone, it just shows you right. Like Lou said, that's where we lost. Um, I, I but I the the whole the whole. So, my, so your answer to answer has, has to be supported. So now to answer what my beliefs are. The two applicants that didn't take any financial backing are really bad people in the state. Overprivileged and didn't have social equity actual application. You know, maybe, maybe That's not, whatever. where I'm talking about. These people and need to be vetted more. Harder than anybody else. How, and then this is, goes along with, they do this in, in the real estate world all the time. Because they're people that won licenses that are literally just real estate agents and they're looking to flip everything. But now the state made it so that you can't. That makes it really hard because the, as a social equity applicant, you have to own a lot of the business. 
and so, be financed and then can't trade partners, can't go get anything else, can't do anything for so X if, amount of years. So if, so if in fact with the, you know, again, like just try not to belittle anyone in the community right now. Um, how do, how do, how do we use that? <clears throat> excuse me. How do we use this now as a continued opportunity? There's obviously the opportunity to continue to change the legislation to, right. you know, to have things be more of a meritocracy, a meritocracy in the application process. Like, who are you? Who are you in the industry? Who are you right. in the community? See, what the makes you, what, what are, what co core competencies are you able to bring in? You know. See, what Lou is saying is even though those people were Connecticut residents, they didn't qualify as social equity applicants. And this is where the Social Equity Council failed by subbing out to that outside organization. Right. These and then at that, that's a problem. Part of it. Yeah, that like, is a big problem. A like yeah. being arrested, being part of it, that's not any of it. Now, even so, this is where I believe the community, if you guys push hard enough, do what you do, create your brands. And I tell you this to everybody, you have a brand, you have a store, you have a product. Have you turned that into a small pitch deck to license out to these new cultivators? There's, they license 26 cultivators. All of them are going to be looking for brands to sell partnerships. They each get two equity joint ventures themselves that now bypass everything else that was there. So now the former partnership with somebody that was there, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't MSOs that took private financing money, money from churches, money from communities, right. money from their areas, money from uh, private and banks, and that, and that money is, from banks. That is, that is the other reality and component of being a retail outfit. You know, which, which way, which way do I go? It's, you know, pre-licensing limbo, I guess, so to speak. Do, well, you know, do, do I throw, do I throw my hat, do I throw my hat in for delivery? You know, do I keep better ways as just a health and wellness store and then do, and do delivery elsewhere? It's there, there's a I, lot. I take it one step further instead of switching. This is my just thought. Better ways has products that, for these type of things. You take, create items within your space, THC, CBD, whatever. You license that to yourself. It now becomes your intellectual property. You license that with an IP lawyer. Now you're able to sell your brand, your formulas, all that stuff to producers. So now with 50 or something so producers in the state, you can choose one out of those 50s, create a partnership that you get a revenue share, you get your... And, and you never have to do anything other than go in, make your products. So now right, part formulas, of your licensing right. deal is you come in once every six months and you create enough product for the six month window that you've quality controlled every single bottle that you know everything. And the rule is it just has to be produced in that facility. So if you partnered with a food and beverage manufacturer and you did a item that qualified as a food or beverage, with all your information, all your recipe, everything that you have tested, everything that you've done that you guys have come been able to now come to market with, they sell that as their as your distributor into the legal space. Now you have your brand in there. You didn't switch up anything you were doing. You just took your IP and licensed it yourself and then sold it. Um, 
and that's where staying to staying who you are goes a long way. And now it's cool. Now I sold this to my distributor. My distributor sold it all over the place. And now I actually have funds to continue doing what we're doing, developing things, making the products that we're wanting to going to. Now you'll have to go to all the dispensaries like them. Don't like them. You'll choose which ones you want to go to. It's horrible, but Cure Leaf had a 25% market share of the medical use. Cure Leaf now has 30% of the adult use. You know what I mean? They have the most adult use dispensaries in the state currently by license. Um, they have the most adult uh, adult hybrid use licenses, and that just sucks. It just yeah, sucks. It we need you more know people I mean? want to get into the legal space. So then, using so then focusing on opening up micro dispensary licenses and other yeah. opportunities and more community focus. Like I, you know, I have farmers and they're from these four towns in Connecticut and that's it, you know, or write the bill open it up. Cause like it's right. The bill that there it is. That's right. It. So really that's that, but like you, but like you said, 90% of the time they don't listen to you. But they take 10, the work you got done. They copy and paste it how they see fit. And then they exactly, kind of but you know, 10% of the time they do. And, and I got to say, that's true. what got us legalization in the that's first true. place. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to Robin Comey because she was one of the no votes for the anti-gifting bill. We talked a few times at the Capitol. Had real well, there's your ally then. You see, yeah. you're going to need allies yeah. in the legislature. You got you Robin know, Porter, want, now I, you got I Robin Cohen. I want to talk to Christine Cohen. I want to talk to Sean Scanlon. Mike, I'm I'm talking to you, man. We had great conversations on the hell. Let's keep All this right. going. We got to move on because I know you have an event. Actually, I like this one. You have a space. That's one of the things that you have one step up on so many others in this ability to speak to your representatives. You're a business owner. You pay taxes. You're on Main Street. You have a space. The Chamber of Commerce does all these things. It's literally, I at the hemp space, I was having everybody come down through the Chamber of Commerce. We just hosted yeah. a breakfast. Like, those are the type of things that you have that, you know, you can actually mix your advocacy, your push for education, and mix in your civic duty as a small business owner. Because... I, I know you host event there. I know that you have great relationships with your neighbors. Maybe one after business hours, invite the other store owners from the entire green and the local representatives and the chamber and just say, hey, guys, we just want to host coffee and donuts in the afternoon. You know, come down and learn about gut it, health. It's a great it's a great idea. It is a small it is a small space. So hopefully I'll be able to accommodate. Well, everyone. speaking of but that, yeah, you no, do have an great, event. It's a great idea. Thank you. I'm trying to promote your event, Duncan. Well, you have an so, event right, coming so, so, up on yeah, December the first. This, this Thursday, it's a it's a it's a joint event, so to speak. So the, town, <laughs> the town has its uh, uh, Branford Main Street merchants have their sip and stroll. So all of Main Street is offering, uh, you know, discounts and holiday cheer. Some places will have um, refreshments and beverages. Uh, we'll have CBD mocktails available. We're also going to be doing our uh, paint and puff, so to speak. So um, it's a, it is a BYOC, bring your own cannabis. Um, uh, Sadie will be uh, hosting and, and leading the, the paint party. It's only $35 for tickets. And she will lead. 
Um, we have a few spots left. Um, there'll be some appetizers as well, a dab station. And then if people want to consume flour, there'll be a designated spot for that, um, you know, following all appropriate state laws and such, the Clean Air Act. Um, and it's just, again, it's normalizing cannabis. We're not going to be on the sidewalk, just chain smoking joints like, you know, we could. But you will be smoking joints and dabbing right. and serving CBD infused food for the mainstream public. They can walk by at any time and smell it coming out of your right. store. So this is like a mainstream community event where so you're bringing a little cannabis to it. I like it. it again, you know? I like it. I like we it. To, we have to educate the community. So. But, That's but this it, Thursday, it's not, not in a in your face, irresponsible. No, kind of, but it's, you know, it's it's great because they can just a, walk by. Tone. That'd be a good tone. So, um, you know, and we'll, we're we have our annual Toys for Tots drive as well. Um, it, I, again, it's 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 what can it's more like what can the cannabis community do for you, right? Right. Everybody gets around this plant. Everybody from all walks of life. And at this time of the year, it is, it's about, it's about giving and receiving thanks and, and increasing right. holiday share. It really is. So hopefully people can come down, uh, legislators alike. <laughs> and, um, you know, I wanted to uh, piggyback uh, Joe on a conversation we had. Um, you know, I've been spending a lot of, I've spent some time in Massachusetts over the year under, you know, I was, I volunteered at BFR. That was an amazing experience to be a part of, um, you know, my partner, Allison, uh, she, you know, I just want to give her a quick shout out. She just got appointed as, uh, you know, MassCan board of directors chairperson for activism and the legislative committee. So I've had, you know, a great role model as well as her sphere of, uh, you know, compatriots of, you know, how they're holding things down in Massachusetts. Oh, and, yeah, they're good people. And they work, working me. with us as well. So I think <clears throat> perhaps a segment down the road, you guys maybe could invite the new, uh, the Those... new board members on, um, you know, uh, Robert, baby, <laughs> uh, Grant, Grant's uh, rocking and rolling. Grant's a regular on the show. Absolutely. Uh, in January, I'm booking for January now. Uh, I will bring them on. I would always love to hear from the Massachusetts actors again. We love the Mass Cam there. Usually they come on before the Boston Freedom Rally, and Grant does a lot of talking back and forth. And we've been able to get, would love having access to another individual. And we always yeah. continue and, on those conversations. Yeah, we'd love to have them on. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And Duncan, real quick before we get into all the info, yeah. you did have a medical issue with cannabis that you wanted to yes. tell people about real quick. This is really important, and I'm glad you reminded me of this. <clears throat> so I'll try and keep it short. Um, so CHS, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. So basically, and unfortunately, what happens is you lose the ability to control vomiting. This isn't something you can die from, but if it goes on long enough, your um, you know, certain vitamin levels get distorted in your body and it, be, it can become a medical emergency. You get dehydrated. It's, it, it is serious. So you had it, correct? I, I have, I've had it, <laughs> I've had it three times. So, um, and each time it lasts for about 15 days. The only thing that helps is taking a hot shower. Somehow the way the hot water hits, 
the hypothalamus, it suppresses the need to be nauseous or vomit. But anytime you're not in the shower, you're just, it's, it, it's. And, and how does this happen? How does so it happen? My experience has been with edibles. Um, sometimes there's been cases of people smoking flour. Um, but from my research and talking with like doctors, cause I was hospitalized. Um, they, because cannabis is so hybridized now, you know, the thousands of different strains and cannabis is such an individualized experience for each user. Um, sometimes there can be ad adverse effects and it's not to say that it's dangerous. It's just to say that, um, people need to understand how it interacts with their bodies. It just is like real. Alcohol. Just like with alcohol. If you drink a handle of vodka in one evening, you're not going to be doing so great. That's just how it works. So, so it's, it's so like sourcing, almost uh... sourcing is super important. You know, uh, you know, if they're if people are in a rush or cut corners or it's home edibles or, you know, somebody is a clandestine chemist and reads about it and they're like, well, I can work with ethanol and I can work with butane and I can make BHO edibles. And, you know, honestly, flour and hash rosin I've found or hash edibles I've found to be awesome no solvents really easy to create but that's just what i found works best for me um but so what, people should research happens, this a little people should research this and if you do get sick from cannabis pause and recognize that it is it is a possibility you know and you have to you have to be aware of it and think about okay well it was this edible and then i smoked this flower but that flower doesn't usually make me sick but this was a new edible but then i did a dab and like just you know keep keep track of what's going on with with your meds because sometimes it's not clean and sometimes somebody thinks it's you know a finalized input and it's unfiltered. So, right. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know what did it for me, but I do know the effects and it was puking for 15 days, losing 20 pounds and eight of them and being really sick, not being able to hold down better ways, you know, that, that hurt the most. Like I'm not there for my, for the people that need to see me for the meds that they need because I got sick from a cannabis product. And just so for legal purposes only, you don't sell right. medicine. Right. You sell you sell products that are CBD, over the counter. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just, so we're almost out of time. What I've experienced. So so I what I what I think happens is the CB two receptors in the endocannabinoid system. Some of them are in the same muscle groups in the abdomen that do control vomiting. So they get overloaded when you get sick in this CHS kind of way. And then you just physically lose the ability to not vomit. It's not food poisoning because there's nothing in your stomach, you know? And it's not like an OD because you aren't going to die from it. It's just, you've been, you know, it's poison. Okay. All right. That's, so we're that's, almost, that's how I, that's like just sort of how I've come, come to Thank it. you for sharing. Yeah. Thank, you're you, for Thank you for giving that, me the opportunity. I hope, I hope this helps people. If they have any questions, like please reach out to us because as this industry grows state by state and more people are getting involved, you know, licensed, unlicensed, home, you know, whatever it is, um, just, you know, just be careful. Just remember that people rely on this as their, their way to heal themselves. Um, All right. Just, 
Yeah. So, so now let's figure, we, we're almost out of time. So give us real quick, how do people get in touch with you? And uh, sure. where can so they in, uh, Instagram, Better Ways LLC, all one word. Um, we are betterwayscbd.com online. We're on Facebook, just as Better Ways as well. Um, and the address? So we are 1122 Main Street, uh, downtown Bradford, Connecticut. And this is this Thursday night. You're doing the sip and yep, stroll, at six, and at, you're going to be six p.m. You know, sip and stroll. I believe starts at five five to eight. I believe um, we're going to kick off around six. Um, again, you know, there's limited space for the the paint and puff, but we do have some tickets left. After this, we'll be doing um, a raffle for actually one of those tickets. So just a free raffle. You guys can, uh, um, you know, we'll do the drawing at the end of the day. Oh, and, cool um yeah just just stay in touch everyone you know and okay most importantly now that we're back in session talk to your local okay. legislator Tell i'm going to give all the activists and all everybody out there a piece of advice focus your energies stop focusing on the other activists stop focusing on the msos there is only one opponent in this fight and that is the state and it is always the state. The state is always the opponent. Remember that. They make the rules. The MSOs only abide by them. It's the state. And with that, we'll see you next week. Love you guys. Thank you, Duncan. See you, Lou. See you next week. Bye-bye. Until I got high. I was going to get up and find the broom. But then I got high uh, My room is still messed up And I know why Why man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high yeah. Because I got high yeah. Because I got high I was gonna go to class Before I got high Come on y'all Check it out uh, I could've cheated And I could've passed But I got high Uh, uh I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high. Go to the next, go to the next, go to the next. I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. La -la.